Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely and talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. We got Tyler on the boards. Shell, what's going on this morning? We got some fresh brewed coffee here for the first time. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> now I'm so now somebody I'm here sent you with this you. coffee, right? <laughs> yeah. So um we're drinking Humble Coffee. They sent it to us. They are actually, I think they're based in Starkville, right, Tyler? Yes. Yeah. Starkville, Mississippi. Starkville, so Mississippi. It's, so it's bulldog local. coffee. Yeah. Well, they put it in a like a, a maroon and white bag for I'm you sure. if you wanted to. <laughs> sure they got plenty. I wonder if they do a red and blue one from old Miss Team. <laughs> It's but good the, coffee. I ain't gonna lie. I'm used to drinking the OK cup. Well, see, that was the problem. They sent it to us a few weeks ago, but we didn't have a coffee machine that would brew this. <laughs> we have skate cups here in the office. <laughs> so they sent it to they sent it to us because they was interested in me trying uh, coming up with like a coffee rub and trying some of that in it because it's supposed to be really good, like really good tasting, pure, good for you coffee or something like that. So it's the healthiest coffee from around the world, and it's roasted to perfection. There's no other coffee company out there like Umble. Huh. They're an original healthy coffee. It's better than one Valdez. <laughs> <laughs> so they say most people drink bad coffee drowned with sugar and creamer, but they take their coffee. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Check. Yeah. I got it straight black this morning. <laughs> I like mine black. Um, but they they load it with lots of healthy an- antioxidants okay. and make sure it tastes so smooth you'll never need sugar and creamer again. So that's how they make it uh, healthier know. for you. It's not necessarily. Oh, it's not. It's it's the same. It's coffee, but it just tastes good, so you don't need to add anything yeah. to it. Yeah, I can get down with that. When you drink Umpel, you boost your health so you can feel better, do more, and live a healthier life. I think that's the caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> it's loaded up with caffeine. We're going to be fired up this afternoon. But um, Dr. Kenneth Thomas uh, is the uh, founder and owner, and he um, he's currently ranking in the top 12 coffee roasters in the United States. Really? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it's good. It's excellent. You know, it's good coffee. I need, I'm going to try it. Look. I've been wanting to kick around playing because, you know, coffee rubs are a thing now. And, um, you know, there's several different ones out there. The one that we have, we have one in the shop. It's a Traeger brand. They've come up with a coffee rub mm-hmm. and they sent me some to play with. That's why I brought it in the shop because I was using it on some tri-tips at home. And it gives it a different, you know, it's, it's kind of got a robust flavor. You don't want, you're not going to cover meat and coffee grains or yeah. whatever, but added to something, you get a little complexity, um, complexity. <laughs> to the, to the seat, to the rub, yeah. and I like I liked it. You know, I it mean, gives you that I can see you using too much. Yeah, you get some of the roast. It's really like a roasted flavor because you know they roast the coffee, they grind it, so you mix it in with some rub and seasoning, and it it goes. I mean, it's I wouldn't use too much because it'd get too gritty on you probably, but a little bit gives you that nice roasted flavor, and you get some of the flavors of the coffee. This one, uh, what does it say? It's supposed to have notes of it. Every every one of these packages has notes of something else. It's a different thing. And you know, I'm real. Iffy about my flavored coffee. Yeah, I don't. I've tried the different K cups like that's flavored and stuff. I don't like. Them. I don't either. Um, I'm a straight coffee guy. So I was a little skeptical when I noticed that all these had a flavor, but man, it's good. This one is. I don't. It's what's this it say on that one? Graham cracker, toffee, and marshmallow. I don't. I don't get that. I'm I don't not, either. You know. <laughs> I don't either, which is probably why I like it. Yeah, yeah. It just <laughs> tastes like good coffee. It does. And I'm used to I, like I usually drink either. Um, Starbucks, Sumatra, which is like a dark roast. It's a K. I drink K cups. They're easy. I don't have to make a pot of coffee yeah. to waste any. It's a little it's, more, I guess a K cup's a little more expensive, but no, it's convenient. 
Um, you drank the what's it's new? It's the like New the, Orleans, uh, right? Um, that community brand. It's made down. It's made in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, but they have, they have a, a dark roast. Uh, yeah, I that's like. the one, and it's good. I like the dark roast. I like the breakfast blend in the community. Yeah, but I would say this tastes like coffee. I you know? agree. It's good. Um, it's the the flavor is a little bit stronger than what I'm used to in a K cup, and that, I drink that Sumatra, which is a stronger coffee. But this right here tastes. I I'm not. Gonna, it's better than what I've been drinking. Well. It's not. I'm You're saying it, it does taste stronger. A little bit, yeah. It could be my pour. Oh, you got a little heavy with the grains. <laughs> well, see, I haven't made a cup of coffee out of a real machine in a very long time. <laughs> what you do? Like a tablespoon per cup? That's what I did. That's what I usually would yeah. used to do. Yeah. I'd like to take a minute and appreciate that most of your favorite things come from Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, where's your blue plate hat? <laughs> you got blue plates. You got a, They geared you up. We're just talking about blue. So, giving, here, y'all keep you, talking. I'll be right back. You're going to get it. <laughs> you have to. You have to do a wardrobe change of the hats. They sent shell some a t-shirt. They uh, sent collars. They sent her some beads, some voodoo dolls. I don't know if that was good or bad. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you need to put like a little Duke shirt on that voodoo doll. <laughs> Start pinning it. But that was nice. So was- Tyler has made months ago. He decided he was going to try to get Blue Plate, you know, yeah. on board to sponsor us or do something. And he's been working that angle. <laughs> How much money do you think you spend yearly on Blue Plate Mayo? <laughs> It's what two ninety nine a thirty two ounce container. Yeah, and my it depends on how much cooking we're doing for catering. Yeah, I guess or, that all goes in. I would, I would, Thousands. if I had to bet, you spend <laughs> Thousands. an easy. I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm thinking four jars a week, two <laughs> weeks, two hundred fifty. Yeah, it's almost a grand. Thousand, probably seven hundred fifty. You, I, I would say your mayonnaise budget for the year is a thousand dollars. That's crazy when you think about it. A thousand dollars a year on mayonnaise, and they send you a hat. That's not. I love this hat. This it's is like cool an hat. old man hat. I don't even know where you get that. I they like to sell them. I looked like it's been a couple of years back. I was like, what can I get oh, for this. Christmas? I was gonna get her a blue plate T-shirt. I couldn't find one anywhere. I got one now. Nowhere. Now you got one and a hat to go with it. Yeah. There was some other swag too, but it was like on Earl at the time, so I just yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool though. Hey, if blue plate don't knock blue plate mayo till you try it. <laughs> I you know I am, I am a fan of Duke's. They mayonnaise. don't know it's good mayonnaise too that they're sponsored. But blue plate. Program, oh yeah, but. no, we just it's like one of those. That's one of those deals. I say I'm not sponsored by it. I just like it. yeah. I don't drink. We're not sponsored by the coffee. He just sent us some free coffee to try. So if you want to try something on podcast, you think we'd like it? Send it to us. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler's the one to get in touch with. He'll bring gotcha. it here. Um, oh, we'd have to buy some. Well, we bought the coffee machine. How much did you spend on that? It's a Mr. Coffee. 30, oh, 40 bucks. Yeah. And you can I could that see off. that. That's a business expense now. <laughs> I could see that coming in handy for events and stuff, yeah. like little classes and, and stuff we do here. Brew a pot of coffee. Yeah. Um, but it did bring up the topic of coffee rubs and using coffee in barbecue. Yeah. So what do you think about it? Do you like it? I don't know if I've tried enough to really have a strong opinion. I mean, you know, I've added some, and or I've used some of that Traeger. I've never yeah. really tried to make my own, but I'm going to. When, um, when I was researching, I saw a lot of, like, coffee chili-type rubs. Yeah, that's what it goes with. That's why I immediately thought tri-tip with that Traeger rub. It was something that, you know. It's mostly it just, beef. It seems yeah. like beef would go with it or something. You're open-fire grilling a steak or something like that. I don't know how it would be on chicken. Probably be okay on pork. You know, I could see it on pork a little bit. Get something you want a little bolder flavor for. And it might work on chicken. I've just never tried it. Well, speaking but, of using it on pork, what's the first place you saw anybody using coffee? This has been years ago. I'm talking 07. 
Yeah. We were cooking at Memphis and May. It was our first years of pro team. And there was a team beside us. I became buddies with these guys. They were, they were swine bucks. And that was their whole thing. They added coffee to their rubs and sauce. Never seen it before. I thought it was the craziest thing. And <laughs> they were you know, sponsored by Starbucks. Were, some yeah, kind I think of way. I think Neil, who was like the head cook on that team, it was him and his dad, some other buddies. Blake was on there from Swan Life now, and a couple, you know, several other guys from Sweet Swan of Mine, not Swan yeah, Life. Yeah, Swan, yeah, Sweet Swan of Mine. I'm sorry, yeah. but yeah, a couple of those guys, uh, we just became friends with them over the years because at Memphis and May, they kind of usually leave you around the same teams. And when we were in the rib division in the early days, they were always right beside us, mm-hmm. and they. Uh, I think they changed their name because Neil, he moved to Buffalo, but he would still come back. Yeah. And Girl, girl, Robin used to cook on that. She team. cooked on that team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess they dropped the whole coffee thing and Starbucks, but they were ahead of they were they were fifteen years ahead of the game. <laughs> they didn't even know. <laughs> on the, didn't even know it on the coffee rub. Starbucks could have been on. They could have had, had them a swine bu- a swine buck rub <laughs> years and years ago, but it was pretty good. You know, and those guys did decent. They always did really good in the ancillaries. I think mm-hmm. they did pretty good in the rib division too. Yeah. And they did more than Memphis and May. Oh yeah, they cooked. They're they were based in Memphis. I think most of the guys were, and I think some of them moved off and stuff like that. Yeah. They, then what's their their uh, two sauce to pork is their team now, and now they have teammates that come from all over the place to be on that team. <laughs> they're, they're a big party, or they used to be a big party team. I guess they still are. I hadn't I hadn't uh, seen them at Memphis and May. They usually some of the guys usually stop by just that we're friends with and have a beer, but but uh, they're still they're still they're still around. Um, one thing I saw that. Coffee, using coffee as a marinade. Um, So it said the acids in coffee help to loosen up the meat without imparting an overly strong flavor. Hmm. That's very interesting. I'm going to try that too. Like cold, just cold coffee and marinate some steak in it or something. I'd be curious. Or a tougher cut of meat. I probably wouldn't put a ribeye in it. But you take a flat iron or, you know, something that's a little denser and a little, you know, a little more muscly or not as much fat. I could see it breaking it down. Um, What's the. So my mom used to make a gravy, and I can't remember if it was like a red-eye gravy or a coffee gravy or whatever. Mm-hmm. They always poured a cup of coffee in it, and they deglaze the pan. You know, they'd fry fry whatever kind of sausage or bacon, or a lot of times it was ham. Like uh, we had a – we called it country ham. I guess that's what everybody knows it as. There's sweet ham or cured ham, which is kind of like city ham. It's sugar cured, and then country ham is salt-cured ham. We always had – my mom always liked – Salt cured ham for breakfast with biscuits or something, and she'd whip up this little gravy and pour a little bit of coffee in it. If she wouldn't make it milk gravy, yeah. And but I don't remember how she. I never really paid attention how she made that gravy. Yeah, it? I've never had a red eye gravy. I don't think uh, a lot of times. I mean, they just use a big grease and a little coffee and maybe a little flour, flour to give it. You know, kind of brew it. And, so it it'd be pretty strong gravy. Yeah, yeah. I guess it was just a cheap way if you didn't have milk <laughs> make <laughs> a gravy. Well, would that still get you jacked up? <laughs> No, I don't like with the caffeine in it. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't put that much. Like okay. it wouldn't be, a, you know, a cup's worth or whatever. So let's say you marinated uh, your flat iron yeah. in coffee. Are you going to get in after you cook it and everything? I doubt it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, how much is it going to carry over? It's probably kind of like cooking with alcohol or something. Like once you yeah, it burns off. Yeah, never heard anybody cook with caffeine. <laughs> but alcohol burns <laughs> off. I don't know if caffeine burns yeah. off. I don't know what it does to it when you heat it up. I mean, okay. evidently it stays in a cup of coffee. I don't know, but That's I already right. had my two cups, and then I'm having this, so. wired. <laughs> <laughs> All jacked up on coffee this morning. Go clean the garage a little later. Uh, too much coffee messes me up, man. I'll be jittery all day. I have to watch it. I'm two cups, and that's it. I had me one cup this morning because I knew we were going to come in here and brew something and try this. So I forgot. That's what I'm working with. 
I can drink it, but some people can drink coffee all day. My mom, man, she she drank it all day and still sleep at night. I don't know how. She did. Uh, my mom's the same way, but neither one of them likes strong coffee. Yeah, either. they like it real weak. Yeah, when we let, when, I, when I go to my mom's, and she makes a pot of coffee. I was like, this ain't coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you drink. It ain't no dark roast. I want a good There's, strong. My mom cup. still drinks Folgers. You know, yeah. or the blue. What's the blue one? Maxwell House. Yeah, maybe. yeah. That's the two. That's just standard. It's been that way since I was a kid. That's what you grew up. You know. Yeah, that's your flavor. That's what that's you your brand. It's like Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> or Blue Plate. Or Blue Plate. Yeah, we're brand loyal. Yeah, that's also kind of like beers. Like people say people that drink Miller and Bud Light can drink a bunch of stuff, just like people that drink coffee, like weaker coffees. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. My mom doesn't like our coffee. Like she comes to the mm-hmm. house and try to give her some Starbucks or the community dark roast. It's too strong. Mom, they, the, they, they like the second. What is it? The second my mom push. will keep a it. used K-cup and run it yeah. through again. That's so, the strength she likes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't. She always wants something to go behind somebody. Yeah. Get the second pour over it. <laughs> Me, it's just that's just like stained water. It at that is. Point. What's the use of drinking it? I will say, I, I don't. I don't drink it because I just like to drink something hot all day or something. I like the the little. I like the roasty flavor, the darkness of it, and I do like. I ain't gonna lie, I like that little stimulant you get. <laughs> that little base. <laughs> it's not too much. I can smell it. I wake up in the morning. You've already got a cup going. That's what. Uh, don't get me an alarm clock. Turn that coffee on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, I'll lay in bed and think, "Gosh, coffee sounds good. Yeah. A cup of coffee sounds good." That's when you know you're old. <laughs> when coffee <laughs> yeah. gets you out of bed on a yeah. Saturday. That's right. Seven thirty a.m. and you say, "Oh man, I need some coffee. I'm late. <laughs> Should have been up an hour ago." That and bacon. Them two things I'm coming up yeah. out of the bed for. <laughs> you got you want to get me up, fry some bacon, <laughs> brew some coffee. I ain't gonna say I won't go lay back down, but one thing I like coffee and dessert. You uh, know, Ooh. I don't want it like morning. That's it. I don't want no coffee in the afternoon. Now I'll drink one of them fancy ones. What about like a latte a or good, cappuccino or something like that? What about a good hot cup of black coffee with a glazed donut? You like that? <laughs> That's like one of the pleasures in life yeah. right there. I think they just go so well together. That real sweet donut, you know, and yeah, the black the, coffee. You dip it in it? No. No, just eat it on the side? Yeah. My wife loves that stuff, too. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. I don't need I don't need anything. Give me a bacon and biscuit or sausage and biscuit. Have you ever had like a mocha dessert or uh, what's the Italian yeah. dessert they use coffee? Tiramisu. Tiramisu. Tiramisu yeah. yeah, it's okay. I like I like the tiramisu. It's like those little lady finger sponge cakes, and they mm-hmm. put the espresso on them, and it's got a good hazelnut cream or something on it. Now, that stuff will get you jacked up. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Too much ter- espresso? Yeah, just yeah. So they pour straight espresso on yeah. it. Yeah. Like, like, so when I go to a Starbucks, I usually get a something. I'll get me a triple shot. I'll get a, what is it, a venti, a caramel macchiato with a triple shot. triple shot. Yeah. Because they only like. put two shots in a venti. And then one of them, power one of them down, you're good to go. Power one of them. That t- it tastes like dessert in a cup. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> I drink them too it's fast. Good. That's my yeah. problem. Um, is it as good as this coffee? This coffee's good. Though. This is coffee's very good. So, is there any other cooking that you've done with coffee? Um, not that I can think yeah. of. You we know? haven't really explored that very. Yeah, much. no, and that's what I was excited when when uh, this guy reached out to us from Humble and. And said, "Hey man, you ever? Because I had been thinking about making one, but I was like, what am I going to make it with Starbucks or, or you know, Community, the two brands we have at home.' Yeah, it's like, nah, I just had never played with it. But now we got some. You'd have to open up the little cup. The cake cup. 
You can put this to the K-Cup machine. We've got like this little filter thing that you can measure it off in there and put it in there and run it. Yeah. Do you imagine that recipe? We opened 14 K-Cups for this <laughs> Yeah, recipe. yeah. This thing's too it doesn't, See, it don't take that much, though. I'm thinking like if you're going to make a batch, it would probably be like for, say, a pound batch of seasoning. I probably wouldn't put, but maybe, you know, two to three teaspoons in it of coffee. Really? Yeah, it'd be, a, it'd be a smaller amount. I you was don't expecting get, you to say like a cup or half oh, a cup. Oh, no. I, I mean, I don't. I, my starting point is going to be way smaller than that. Yeah. Because I just want the roasty effect of it. Because that coffee's not like most of the ingredients in the rub will kind of break down some, but that coffee's not going to change. You're going to keep that grittiness of the grind in it. So it's got to blend in. You just don't want to use too much. So it's the hint, the essence of that yeah. roasted flavor, whatever you know those beans are. Um, that's where you're going to get some flavor from it. But you'd overpower it if you put half a cup, you know, in a, in a pound of seasoning. That'd be way too much. I guess I was thinking like that charcoal type rub. That's the color it would. Oh no, like. no, no, no! It's going to look like black pepper in it. You know, it's still going to have. That's the that's yeah, the ratio. Yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't put. You know, I'd probably put more. I just like black pepper. But. Yeah. Like say so take so my starting point is going to be kind of like my hot rub. You take out some of the sugar in it. It has more peppers. So I've got more black pepper. I've got a little more cayenne, a little more white pepper. Add some coffee to it. Maybe bump some chili up to it. Bring in an ancho flavor, a chipotle flavor, something like that. That kind of goes with that, you know, bolder, richer flavors. Like the chilies go with the roasted coffees or something like that. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. A little cumin for some smokiness. So it really would be almost like a southwestern type, not taco seasoning, but yeah, more of a yeah, barbecue yeah. with coffee and essence of. To me, like that, that sounds like something that would go perfect on beef. Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking beef. Get the Weber out with my Santa Maria attachment. Season up some some you know some flat irons or some kind of sirloins or some other kind of tri tip something like that. Get it seasoned up. Maybe marinated in some of that coffee first. Then apply your coffee rub and make a chimichurri to go with it, where that meat comes off rare and you dip it in the chimichurri. Oh, that sounds good. Would you make your own chimichurri or would you use oh, yeah. that new? Um, you know. That makes a, some pretty good chimichurri. It, it might, for for fast, it does. I really like it fresh, but if, in, yeah, in a yeah. pinch fast, that does real good. What's that stuff called? It's the new chimichurri rub? It's a... Uh, Alfergoni. Alfergoni. Yeah, Alfergoni's open it. fire cooking. It's chimichurri. That's the brand. I mean, yeah. And I've never seen anything like it. Like I, didn't, I haven't either. I hadn't seen I hadn't seen one like that you could use dry. You could make reconstitute to make your own fresh or chimichurri with it. It's good. So this weekend you're heading up to Illinois, Warsaw, Indiana, Indiana. Got the. Uh, so you're driving through Illinois. <laughs> the guys are out there getting the trailer ready right now. Yeah. yeah, we are going through Illinois. I think we cut up, cut across, and go to Indianapolis, and then go north, all the way up Indiana. It's almost to. Uh, like South Bend, up that far. Um, so this is going to be this is the home of the outlaw pit smokers. That's right, Mr. J. He makes them right up there in Warsaw. We're going to his HQ, and he's having a. I don't know how many years he's been doing this, but I know he's done it a few times. It's a it's like a annual rib contest. Yeah. Between the guys that he's you know sold pits to, or they're cooking out on the comp circuits with his pits, he invites a select few. Up there to invite home. only kind of cook. Yeah, it is. I think, but I think there's like I want to say twenty four. So it's a contest. Yeah, oh, it's a contest. It's going to be ribs and um, a one bite challenge mystery meat. 
you don't know what it's going to be. What's your plan for that? The, the winner last year got to pick that. What's my plan for it? Some cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong. I mean, what would you do? What's I mean? So if you know, if you don't, you know, it's a protein, but you have no clue what it would be. What would y'all do? Uh. I don't think you can go wrong with taking some bacon and some cream cheese. <laughs> yeah, I would I always could, take I, bacon. Yeah. So I could do, if I got me a glaze of some sort. a mushroom or a pepper. That wouldn't, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. What if they give you fish? Let's go on with some cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> if it's fish, I don't know. That would be tough. Oh, uh, no, it wouldn't either. I'd probably try to smoke it on the outlaw and make like a, a tuna dip. Or, or fish, Ooh. you know, like a fish, because it's a one bite challenge, and there's a, a smoked, a smoked, I mean, a smoked fish dip don't sound good. But when you say a smoked tuna dip, yeah, all of a sudden that sounds good. So if it's some walleye or some catfish, <laughs> I've had you know I've had catfish pate, which Heck is kind of yeah. like catfish and cream cheese in the sal. It's very good. A little smoke on it. So you need to take you some. So you got to take your ingredients with you. Yeah, you got to show. Yeah, because there's no run to the store once you find out what it is. Yeah. You need some hot sauce, some green onions. Yeah, I need a, I need a cream cheese and bacon. List, yeah. <laughs> cream cheese, bacon. I do got maybe some crackers. Right. I don't know. Yeah, no. That, I mean, yeah. would you do crack? Yeah, I'd maybe grab some peppers too, like jalapeno peppers or something you could possibly stuff and wrap with bacon. Mm-hmm. My plan would be to take whatever it is, turn it into cre- some kind of a cream cheese. Cream <laughs> cheese is number one, and bacon stuff it into a, a, a mushroom, a pepper. I'm sure that's what everybody's going to do. Because I mean, what else would you would you do with it? You could make yeah. poppers. Could make a, what if it's a rabbit? <laughs> same, thing. same thing. Same thing. Rabbit poppers. <laughs> rabbit dip. <laughs> rabbit dip. No, I mean, a rabbit, rabbit popper would probably be pretty good. It probably would. What about a gator yeah. popper? That'd be pretty good, too. That's kind of what Greg do, did yeah. with that old gator. You'd have to do something with a gator, yeah. Pretty much anything, I guess. Anything. <laughs> yeah, anything you can bake. I mean, that's really... that's a. I'm going. I'm trying to keep that easy. Hang on, overthink. <laughs> I'm not trying to chef it up or nothing. It's going to be a one bite kind of appetizer type thing. Now, if it's something cool that I could do, you know, something else with, I, I'd, yeah. I'd try to. But it's definitely going to be done on on the smoker. One thing I definitely take is something to garnish with, like some parsley or a, a sauce that you could drizzle, drizzle the top yeah, or something to give off. it that little pop. You know, so green onion and parsley and a sauce, something like that. Yeah. There you go. Depending on you know what you end up cooking, they give me some options, and those are all you got. You got plenty of stuff to go with when you do that. Um, I was thinking pizza of some kind. I just don't know how. Oh, that would that. be good. No matter what it easy. is, you could throw it up on a pizza. Yeah, and throw it on the top shelf of that outlaw, and it it'd get the crust just right. And I guess you could put it in the box and kind of cut it into individual pieces in there, and then because it's, it's a one bite, yeah. If you can make a small enough dough. dough or do around. some mini pizzas. Well, no. You, you got to put it in it to go like yeah. the same turn-in blind box. So that's And no garnish allowed, but, you know, as far as bed of garnish. Yeah. If it's edible and it's on top of it, it's part of the entry. But you can't, like, chef up your box. Even the rib category is ribs only. So Every time I've known someone to win at one of those mystery meat contests, they typically <laughs> mixed it with the cream cheese and stuff yeah. it into Well, something. I was saying I could take some shrimp. And then whatever protein it is, cook it, mix it up with the cream cheese, stuff it in the shrimp, wrap it in bacon. Then you got bacon wrap stuffs, you know, Guatemalan fish shrimp or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Rabbit shrimp. That or, is a good idea because you don't have yeah. to put that much meat in your cream cheese mix. It wouldn't need much. You basically just get the bacon wrap shrimp. Yeah. And you say, oh, it's in there. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it could be a crazy cut of pork. It could be it could be on several things. Yeah. It's a, a lot of stuff. I mean, it could be anything. Uh, frog leg? How would that be? A frog leg stuffed shrimp? I like frog legs. Yeah. Frog leg stuffed shrimp. 
don't know what people would think. How'd they get a tail on this frog leg? <laughs> <laughs> frog legs would be easier because you really could just glaze them up and put them in the pan, you know, put them yeah, in the box. Yeah, just let them stay alone. Nice yeah. Little glazed frog legs. I like frog legs. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> a little greasy, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so talking about the outlaw pits, y'all have really been cooking on a lot of these outlaw pits here lately. Why do you like the outlaw? So, well, first of all, what is an outlaw pit? What makes it an outlaw pit? Um, Jake Craig makes it. <laughs> outlaw headquarters. No, it's like a Texas. It's a Texas style smoke uh, stick burner. That's all it is. It's a you know, it's got an insulated firebox on one end. It's got that cook chamber in the, you know, kind of in the middle smokestack on the end of that, and it's a straight draw. You know, that means it's not reverse flow. Doesn't have any tuning plates or anything. It's build a fire. Smoke and the heat roll into the firebox chamber, bounces around. The exhaust pipe pulls it out the far end. Simple operating. Man, they just, they cook good. So I met, I saw, let's see, I guess Mark was the first one to get the patio that I know of around here. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how they got hooked up with Jay. I don't either. I don't remember how. I don't know the connection, but uh, they, uh, you know, Mark started talking to him. And I, you know, of course I had Jolene, the Jambo, but it's, I mean, it's hard to get. It takes months and months and months, you know, year now to get yeah. a jambo. And Jay was making these patio pits, and I just started loving cooking on stick burners. It's more of a challenge. You got to, you know, you got to get a good bed of coals, and you got to sit there with the wood and feed it a stick every 45 minutes to an hour. You don't have to do a lot of vent adjusting in these pits. They, I mean, they run great. And I would say that my outlaw cooks every bit as good as my jambo. Yeah. They're both tit for tat in that. Um, there's not – a huge. Do you have to work with your vents a lot with the Jambo? No, no. The Jambo cooks smooth. The one thing I do notice, like Jambos, when you get them, they don't come with like the custom bar grates. They don't come with a lot of the bells and whistles that Jay does on the Outlaws. But as far as the bill goes, the quality's there, the paint's there. I mean, he can do just about anything. And yeah. his, I guess his turnaround time's a lot faster. Just probably, he, he, maybe not as big a name as the Jambo, but the pits. And there's a bunch of, not just Jambos, there's a bunch of stick burner pits in that quality. Yeah. You know, people build them now. They're, Meat that's Church just is a, yeah, end up with that. What's? Mill mil Scale? Yeah, Mill Scale. Mill Scale. Yeah, they're making some cool ones now. Um, I can't remember the ones. What was the there one? was another one in Texas, too. Um, there's a bunch. R&O was down there, Lone Star Pits. I mean, there's there's tons of them. There's um, those Euler Pits. Those are cool. There's, I mean, there's a bunch of good ones. What's the um, other pit? champion was one that they're built? I thought that was built up in Tennessee, though. That's a that's the one like uh, uh, Smoke Me Silly was cooking on for a while, and then Mike Mike and Debbie Davis had some of those. You don't see? Are they still making the champion pit? Yes, I, I remember they much were big there. for a little bit. Yeah, yeah they were a good stick burner too. There's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them out there, but they cook. So usually it's a progression. I see people make. If, you know, you start out cooking and you're not going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on one of those pits when you first get started. But after you've, you know, got the basics down, you spend money, whether it be on a pellet grill or some drums or, you know, any other kind of pit, usually people kind of tend to go towards that stick burner because that's kind of what barbecue is all about, building a fire, controlling your air, Get that classic, I call it Texas flavor, because that's where I first, you know, when I think of those type pits, I think of Texas. I think of those guys cooking on them out there, burning post oak or pecan, and, you know, that's the main fuel source. They might use a little coal to get it going, but mainly it's sticks that's fueling it. 
The flavor's awesome. Those pit, there's something something magical happens in there. <laughs> it at really 275. does. That texture. I've cooked on a lot of pits, man, and that texture is hard to get. Would the would I say the flavor's as good as a drum flavor? No, because that's hard to you ain't gonna beat that drum flavor. But the texture you get on those stick burner pits, man. I, you know, I've cooked on them all: backwoods, old hickories, my pellet grills, my Yoders, Weber's. Well, you know, you name it, smoker wise, I've cooked on it probably. And that texture that you can get on stick burner, man, I see why we get beat at contests because of that. Man, that texture is just amazing. And the when brisket you, that comes off of it and the ribs that come off of it are fantastic. Does it cook as good as pork as, as my old hickory? No. <laughs> I like my pork better on my old hickory. But ribs and brisket, man, that's hard to beat. And chicken's a breeze on it. The texture of the ribs is noticeably Yeah, it's, saw, it's just, I don't, know what, I don't know what it is. It's hard to describe. It's perfect texture. It's like a soft bite, but not mush. And the flavor from the outside, from your seasonings and the smoke and the bark on it is just perfect. And just even a salt and pepper rib on it, is a, it'll blow you away. Remember the first time I cooked those salt and pepper ribs on the jam boat? was like, this is... That was mine. Yeah. That's mine. Your favorite, your That's ultimate favorite. Yeah. yeah. You like it better than any probably rib I've ever cooked. Yeah. It's just those salt and pepper rib. Man, it's good, though. You taste the meat, you taste the smoke, and the salt and pepper just balances it all out. Is El Ray Smokers a brand? Yeah, yeah. Was that one? Uh, yeah, that's one. I, don't yeah. know they st- I guess they still make those. But they were hot for a while. It just popped yeah, in my head. I was yeah. trying to remember it. But um, I tell you, the so we have the BFO. And what is the BFO? Big freaking outlaw. <laughs> and how big is it? It's, uh, I want to say it's 11-foot cook chamber. Does that sound Something right? Something like that, yeah. 10 or 11-foot cook chamber. It's like two of the, the just fancy pits put together. I want to say those are 32-inch. 32-inch tube uh, pipes, end-to-end. It's two of them put together, four doors on it, on a double axle. Is it on double? Single axle, I can't remember. I think it's on double. It's To me, that's the most impressive pit. Oh, it's a beast. Just it's how beast. it controls, the t- how it's Man, you know what? so that level pit, even. So I've cooked on the patios, cooked on the pull-behinds, cooked on the, the cart models like Mark, had, Mark and Jay and them have. That BFO... It's the biggest one that Jay makes, and it's the it's the smoothest cooking one. That's what we cooked everything on at Memphis and May. Yeah. I mean, that pit runs like a top from end to end, even right on the firebox. That's the thing about most stick burners. They're hot right there on the firebox, and then they're hot down there at the exhaust. This one's dead nuts all across it. You're not going to burn anything up on it. We've had it slap full with as many ribs and hot dogs as we, <laughs> we- get. I don't, I don't remember how many hot dogs it how was. How many hot dogs did we get on there? Do you remember? 1100 something was the, no it was like eight it was right under 900 uh, wasn't yeah, it yeah. that sounds right i don't know whatever it was, it was like 898 i think yeah, yeah. it right. cooked all them hot dogs even <laughs> <laughs> but no it's amazing how well that pit draws and i think it has something so how to do. does it cook even that that uh, it blows me away don't get me lying i don't know <laughs> i don't know the science behind it but i know jay cads them up and he does test on them where they can see the air flow through them and they run smoke through them it, and kind of watch what it does and the way the heat's distributed through them. They've ex- he's explained it to me, and it's it's amazing what goes into them. I mean, it has to be so the right size throat or opening from the firebox to the cook chamber, and the right size exhaust on the other end and where it's located, and the right size pipe. There's all calculations that you can make yeah. based on that to change how that heat's going to flow through that pit. So, does it flow level or does it go like bounce up and down? Um, I've always heard that. Now, now this was 
that the heat comes in, and so whichever way the little plate's and it's pointed, it's kind of the way it throws it. And then it, as it hits the top or the bottom of the smoker, it kind of zigzags through it. Jay's told us that on his pits, it kind of comes in and up and over the meat just above great level and stays that away until it draws out. So it's so not doing a bump up and down that's what, necessarily. Yeah, that's, that's what, that's what that's he told what me. So saying. I don't, you know, I, I take his word for it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know the science behind that. But I do know that they're playing around with cooking hogs on them. And the, he made like this rack that goes, and it's, it's the first prototype on our BFO that we have here. And the hog, like the, it's a shelf system that comes up and out of the pit. You load the hog on it, it's kind of spring loaded, and you drop it back in. Well, it sets lower in the cooker. And so when you cook a belly up hog, those loins are on bottom. You won't overcook them because the heat's, it's below where the heat's mainly traveling in that pit. So the, and it's hotter. Like if you want to raise wow. it up, you can raise that thing up to get it higher level. Like if you need to get the tops of something done, you can move it up. So in his, and that's where that's where his microwave shelf is. A lot of them have what we call a microwave shelf. It's like a little drop down on one end. Super hot up there. What's like, a microwave shelf? Explain that to me. Um, it's actually like a it's a it's it's a shelf that's like angle iron where it supports another you know cooking grate up in the upper third of the cooker. The top from the from the roof. It's in a if you high, think about it. Yeah, it's in a high spot, high hot spot in the pit. Yeah. And so if you cook up there, like if you're two seventy five on the dial at great temp, that's about what temperature you're running, which isn't normal for a stick burner. Up there it may be four hundred degrees on that microwave shelf. You can you can get some stuff done in a hurry. And a lot of guys use that in competition cooking. They'll the first chicken. put their briskets up there to you know, put an initial shock on them. It makes them kind of swell up, draw up a little bit, and stand up tall if you got a thin brisket. It also gets it kind of ahead of the game. If you get behind, you want a higher temp for your chicken. If you want to glaze something, you want to cook some pizzas or cook something at high temp, you can stick them up on that hot shelf, and it'll you know it'll get the job done. So that means it, the higher you up in his pits, the higher that temp is. Now, I don't know, like, center pit over the dial, if it, how hot it is up there, but I know on the firebox side, the far side up top, it, it, that's where the heat is, so. He's working on a new, like a hogzilla type pit to, to cook whole hogs. <laughs> and I want to say it's a 36, di- 36 inch diameter pipe, which is four inches bigger than the BFO. And it's going to be cool. It's, it's, this is like top secret stuff. I'm hoping, it, I'm hoping it's got it assembled and we can see what it's like it when out. we go up there. That's the thing about Jay is he not only does he take a lot of pride in these pits that he's making. But he's constantly trying new stuff and experimenting. Yeah. And, and we need to get him on the podcast. Yeah, he's tr- he's constantly trying to like up his game a little. Yeah. You know. Well, what I like about him is he listens. Like he'll call Mark or he'll call. You know, we'll sit, we'll get on the phone and we'll talk about you know modifications or how yeah. things are going, and he'll take that and go test it and see and, and listen to his, the guys cooking on his pits. And if he sees it, something that can be changed, he's going to make that change. And he's done it with a lot of things on his. And most pit builders, they don't want to hear from you. <laughs> I don't know how many, you know, I've made suggestions to, man, it'd be nice if we could do this. Yeah, that's a good idea. We're going to do it our way. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's their, their cooker, their prerogative. But to, to get with a guy that'll actually do some changes or customize some stuff the way you want it to or test it and tell you, yeah, this will work or no, it won't work. That's hard to find in this industry. I agree, so, and I think that's pretty cool to do that. Most of the but I like it because he's a small. It's a small outfit too. He's not turning out thousands of these things. I mean, heck yeah, he probably has his hands on every single pit, don't you think? Um, yeah, probably so. In I'm some capacity, in some capacity, yeah. yeah. 
But so you're doing this rib contest up there. You got to cook them on outlaw too. So that's the rule. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that would make sense. Yeah. Do you have to cook your mystery meat on outlaw? Could you have brought a, a Weber or something just for a, a grill? You know, it'd probably be bad if you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There yeah. is going to be one guy cooking on a gravity fed outlaw. He's made a few prototypes like back in the day. And this one of the guys, it's just one of his buddies, still cooks on yeah, it. So yeah. he's bringing it. So we'll be going against one of those. I think the majority of them will be stick burners. Yeah. But, um, okay. So I really don't know. This is uncharted water for me. I've never been up there. You're just going. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to tourist place, see what, you know, see what it's like, hang out, have a good time, cook it's some nice. ribs. Yeah. So Beat what? some guys down cooking ribs. Waylon's going with me. So we're fitting to. Put the whammy on them. Yeah, y'all get a little brother action. Yeah, um, Pete Mark Williams. <laughs> he hates it when I do that. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta come out. Of the, sometimes you gotta come on out. And put the whooping on somebody. Then you can go back and let them talk. <laughs> so well, I could I could say that he's not in here on the podcast with us. I'll probably catch hell after he listens to it. <laughs> Heard he talk about me. You ain't gonna beat me. <laughs> I've been practicing. I can hear it. Um. So what rib – okay, first of all, how many different rib recipes do you have, like, in your – My arsenal? In your – in your Man, I don't know. Big old dinosaur brain. You know, I don't know how many. <laughs> I've cooked ribs a bunch of different ways. Yeah, a bunch from, of different ways. You know, How many competition-level rib recipes do you have? Because this isn't counting, like, your yeah. Koreans and your – Oh, you're not counting all those. Yeah. Like the salt and peppers yeah. and the Mexican style and yeah. the Asian style and Jack Daniel style. You're not counting all that stuff. Mm-mm. Um, that I would actually use in a contest. There's a few. I mean, most of them are not. They're not different recipes. It's changing ingredients out for flavor. Is the techniques usually? The yeah, same? the techniques pretty much. I mean, the techniques always going to be the same on the on any kind of rib. If I'm cooking a, a St. Louis cut rib, if I'm cooking a a Memphis loinback style rib, I'm going to put some smoke on them at first. I'm going to wrap them up and get them tender. I'm going to hold them a little bit, then I'm going to glaze them. That's that process never changes. The thing that changes is the type of pit we're cooking them on, the uh, wood, the temp you cook them at, and the the different rubs and the different stuff we put in the wrap and the different glazes we put on them at the end. But you could come up with endless combinations of the of changing those things out, and er, all I've of them it. all of them are going to be a little bit different. Yeah, and that's one thing we get. You know, you, you, you do a contest or something, you think you got it figured out, you get some good rib calls, you stick with it. With a contest you don't, you go change it. And you hear, oh, somebody else did this, so let's try that. And, yeah, or let's inject them. Or let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's brine them. Let's yeah. do something, you know, let's do something crazy. Always looking them. for an edge. Always looking for that edge in comp cooking. But, I mean, the the but the basics of it's still there. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say one of the first ones that we started hitting with was that old old classic rib where you run the smoking guns hot and the Cimarron docks <laughs> rib rub, sweet rub. That's some old school. Yeah, right old there. school. You, you, you run that on them, you smoke them in that, and in the wrap it was the parquet, the brown sugar, the honey, and the uh, tiger sauce, and then wrap them up, cook them dudes to about 202 internal, take them off. And then glaze them with the Blues Hall combo. Yep. That was the first comp. That was probably the first competition, uh, KCBS competition rib that I did. Now, me and Waylon had a lot of success running our MBN rib. We used like a dry brine first. We would do a Caribbean jerk uh, seasoning that we bought at Kroger, and we would do Cavenders, which was a Greek season. 
we put two layer, double layer that up on these ribs like the night before we were cooking them in the contest after meat inspection. We let them sit overnight. The next morning we get up, we'd wash all that off. A lot of the, you know, so sometimes it, it kinda, in the hotel sink. Sometimes in the hotel sink, <laughs> depending on what the water situation was like. But it it put a it put a dry brine on them, but it also like a lot of that flavor absorbed into it, and it started almost a little bit of a curing process. So you had to watch it. That's what we learned. Sometimes you know it got to where they didn't like that same texture, but man, it would you would think that you got smoke all the way through that rib because pretty much the salt and the sugars in those things is pretty much kind of curing it. But we did a really well with that rib. After that, we'd come back and we'd put after we rinsed it all off, we'd do the light coat of mustard, we'd do the barbecue rub on it, we'd smoke them for a couple hours, and we'd wrap them up in our wrap. We always use like uh, pineapple juice, apple juice mixture, a little bit of cider vinegar. Um, we'd reseason them a little bit before we put it in there, and then we'd, we'd put something sweet in. Well, I didn't like to make up this like cherry glaze that would go in there. Yeah. Or sometimes we'd I remember like, that. It was like an apple butter with, with honey and, you know, kind of had some of those flavors of apple butter, but sweetened up. That would go in there and like, a, I want to say it was a quarter cup of juice, that juice mixture. That's all that would be in that wrap. So it would kind of, it had a lot of moisture in it. So it would braise them down, get them super tender. And then when you took them out, you'd drain all that off. We'd re-season them with a little more barbecue rub and then glaze them with a barbecue sauce and then glaze them with another sweet glaze too. And that, so, cause Memphis and May back then was super sweet. Oh, it was very sweet. It was almost like candy. Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody just dropped some. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that's that what too. That was. <laughs> but yeah, so that was, that was one of the original recipes that we would run and had a lot of success with it. That's, you know. What you running this weekend? Um, man, I'm thinking about taking it back old school and going with something not not the jerk, not the jerk season, <laughs> not the jerk drive. But, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go back to another one that I had a lot of success with. It was using some of Big Papa stuff, it, that sweet money rub for the texture. Man, that's that's been good to me. I've used that in combination with our AP and and the barbecue rub, and in the wrap, I put a little hot rub, kind of like Jay does. Jay Durbin in the video he did with us where he puts the hot rub on the backside. Uh, it gives it a little more spice, and it kind of changes the flavor up in the wrap. Um, I'm still going to do some brown sugar. I'm going to do some spicy honey in it. I'll probably add a little bit of apple apple cider. I think I think up there uh. is going to be sweet. I think in Indiana, I think a lot of those guys are using sweet. I'm thinking about taking some maple syrup. And I know you're going to hate to hear that, and it's not going to be good to me because I'm not a fan of maple. But I want to throw it on them. I want to throw it on them and see, see it. Yeah, I do. I keep hearing that's what everybody's using in competition these days. It's maple. Yeah. It's hot on the circuit right now. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing it's in a lot of stuff. I know those drum guys are using a lot of it. So that's, yeah. I'm going to, I think I'm going to test it out and see how it does. I will, I will, somebody eat I'm going to glaze me. them with a the combo, but then I'm going to, you know, do a little, I'm going to spice it up just a little bit too. When you say I'm going to glaze it with a combo, what does that mean? I'm going to, I'm going to mix uh, Killer Hogs, the barbecue sauce, and the vinegar sauce 50 50. To me, that's the best. And I'm going to add a little bit of that Mike's hot honey to it to get yeah. it a little bump. Just to sweeten it up, just a bump. I'm gonna put the maple in the wrap. That would cook out some of that maple flavor. But I think that's gonna go with the butter that's in there. And I'm gonna use real butter, real unsalted butter instead of parquet. We've been playing with that, and we use real butter at Memphis and May. I've gotten away from using the margarine. People always gave me a hard time and do videos. Why are you using? Squeeze that's butter? not real butter. Yeah, it's not yeah. real butter. It's just but, a fat. And so yeah, but you know, and I never. I'm, the reason why we or I always use it, and I'm sure everybody else, because it's convenient. You can go to the store, grocery store, buy you a bottle of that squeezy butter, throw it in a cooler, 
Doesn't matter if the ice is, you know, got water in, it's not getting your butter all soggy. You can set it out on competition day, squeeze it and it's done and throw it in the garbage. You know, it's, it's, you don't have to mess with unwrapping butter, having a knife to cut it. And that's what everybody used back then. Yeah. It was just, and it had to be convenient. Yeah. But I think now, since everybody's using it, you're getting a little bit more of the richness from regular butter. And I guarantee you people are going to regular butter now. Yeah. I would, I would just be willing to bet that's what everybody's putting in their wraps. They're using fancier briskets, fancier pork. Fancier butter. Why not use fancier butter too? I will say someone emailed the other day and they said, um, have you ever had real maple? I, I, hear, I hear you on the podcast. You say that you don't like maple syrup. Have you ever had real maple syrup? I don't think so. I don't think so. My neighbor's got some buckets tacked up to some trees. <laughs> a certain time of year. Are those maple trees, you reckon? I think so. I guess, you think they're getting syrup out of them? I have no idea. I need to go ask. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. Maybe a spoon of that. What, I mean, I guess you got to cook it and filter it some kind. You know, you know anything about maple syrup, Tyler? I don't know a lot. All I can say is my mother-in-law buys it by like, they, like spends like a ridiculous amount of money on it. Oh, yeah. Gets it shipped in from Vermont. I was going like, to say, that's where it's at, Vermont. Yeah, or Canada. 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 Yeah. yeah, and like. Is and, it good? Yeah, it's really, I mean, I like, I like, I like crappy maple syrup too, yeah. lack of a yeah. better term. Um, that's what I grew up eating, but now it's not allowed in my house at all. So. It's, you know what, it's, you know what it is with maple syrup? It's not the flavor. It's the smell. You cannot get rid of that maple smell. I don't care. If somebody had an air freshener in the office. I was like, where is that coming from? Who's eating syrup all the time? And it's a deck of air I just can't stand that. No, it was Jamie. He lit a candle. Oh, he had a maple candle? He lit a candle, and I started, like, a few minutes. Loud. In, it kept getting louder and louder. I was spraying for breeze in there. <laughs> I heard his feelings. He's like, you don't like my candle? <laughs> Guess I'll blow it out. And then I felt bad because I'm yeah, for breezing all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Just replace his maple. Yeah, here, use this sugar cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get away from it. I'm just not a big fan. I don't know. Nothing against maple farmers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maple syrup people. What do y'all eat on pancakes? Syrup. Uh, syrup. Blackburn. Oh, yeah. like just, okay. I mean, you never had Blackburn syrup? <laughs> <laughs> what? But it's K-Row a cane, a pink? right? It's uh, cane syrup. I guess. And not it, yeah. maple. Blackburn oh. sugar. Is it sugar? Yeah, it's probably sugar, sugar cane. cane. Yeah. Okay. You never had Blackburn syrup? No. Oh, man. I got to bring you a jar. It comes in a quart jar. They got it in the squeeze jug now, but. I wonder if that's from New the Orleans. Old school ones. I wouldn't. Look, I look that up. Look, up. look up Blackburn syrup. <laughs> Also, man, if y'all are missing out on a blackburn syrup and butter on a biscuit, man, you ain't lived. Talk about this kind of food. I, I saw the. I mean, I you know, in a pinch, we use Mrs. Buttersworth. Is that maple? Yeah. You don't like Mrs. Buttersworth? I don't know if that would be considered it. I mean, it tastes like it, right? That's I the, call that pancake syrup. And that yeah. one's like if you're out of blackburn or you're out of Cairo. Cairo's got the light and the dark, and it's not as good as blackburn. I've seen this before, but I don't think I've ever had. Oh, if you had, if you're missing on the Blackburn, man. I think uh, Blackburn's from Texas. Yeah, that sounds right. Which was that my other favorite? That's what I love. Place. I mean, my, that was my papa's favorite. That's how I got on that. He'd have he'd have real molasses, like made up in Tennessee or down in Mississippi somewhere, and he'd have Blackburn. Always had Blackburn syrup in a quart jar. There was another one too. They made called Delta. That was another brand, but it was always kind of it was super dark. Kind of going off the but, same food stuff. Like I saw, uh, I was at Target the other day and I saw a Bubba Burger for the first time. Yeah, oh, never yeah. Saw don't press them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says on it. Real big. Shell's a fan of the Bubba Burger. I'm like, why would you just buy? 
Some ground beef and make a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, this burger is so easy. Yeah, you read what's in it. <laughs> Hearts and lips and I noses. grew up on them soy burgers, and they served <laughs> so, you in the cafeteria oh, at really? school. Yeah. There's like two different flavors. Up in Cisco or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Freezer full of Cisco meat. <laughs> For real. Try the biscuits, too. Hey, Kel, you know this. <laughs> My aunt worked there, and oh, we got chicken tenders. Yeah, the hookup. Burgers and biscuits. Heck, yeah. Wrong with that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a... Homemade burger guy. No, but to answer your question, most of the time I don't even like syrup on my pancakes or biscuits or anything like that. I want it just kind of plain. Hmm. What brand did y'all have at your house? Blackburn. Okay. That was the only kind. Yeah. Unless it was some old molasses type. Yeah. I'll slip it on the Blackburn, man. Maybe I'll take some of that and put in my ribs. Ooh. I've never made Blackburn ribs. Yeah, they're using maple. You should use cane. Yeah. Let's get on board with it. <laughs> Molasses would be too strong. So, um, real quick, I want to talk about your Monday night ring recipes. I've done. So, have I done four so far? We have four Monday nights. Sounds right. Does that sound I think, right? I think have that's I done right. three? No, oh. it's definitely at least four. Yeah. The, what was the very first one? Do you remember? Oh, gosh. I know last week you did mango habanero. Yeah, last week was a mango habanero using the Melinda's. I used Melinda's uh, mango preserves and the Melinda's habanero hot sauce. The week before that, I did the TX wings. It's like a, it's almost like a salt and pepper wing that I kind of spiced up a little bit, some different flavors in it. Um, I did the ones where I char grilled them. Uh, we did them with the hot sauce and baked and grilled it on every time, basted with the hot sauce. That one's probably my favorite. Yeah. From was the- that was it? And then the very first one, what was the very first? Desert one? Heat. The Desert Heat. Yeah, that was a, that was like my Vegas. So that's four. Thing. Yeah, that is four. four yeah. This week I'm doing. Um, Nashville hot, Ooh. hot wings. They're good too. I cooked some just to mess with that recipe last weekend. So, um, your mango habanero, you fried this one instead yeah. of grilling or yeah, both them. If you can't do Nashville without frying them either, yeah. Some wings you just got to fry, and you could do a grilled mango habanero, but it's better fried. That was my so. If I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, which you know I like going to the occasional yeah. sports bar. Wing environment. It's Michael great. loves Buffalo Wild Michael Wings. Michael loves going. I got plenty of TVs, watch games <laughs> on. They got good wings, you know. I like Would I say wings. they're the best? No, they're not the best, but they're pretty dang good. They're good. And so the hottest one that, that I that I actually like and order there, I've tried some of their hot stuff. Some of it's super hot. But the hottest one on their menu that I do is the mango habanero. And sometimes you get them and they're great. Sometimes you get them and it hurts. It's like pain because <laughs> I think they're like three from their top on their chart. If you're a chili head, you probably don't think it's hot, but I'm not. I'm a sissy when it comes to heat, but that's pretty damn hot to me. So I, I was like, like, I want to. I like spicy stuff. Yeah, I don't like yeah. the painful. I like. I don't mind a little nose running, little eyes watering, little sweat popping out. I don't want something that's going to hurt me the next two days. Yeah. Intestinal trouble. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't want something that's that. There's no sense in that. I don't get any enjoyment out of it. I understand that eating hot stuff's kind of a rush, but some of it's just taking it to the extreme. Yeah. Well, mango habanero doesn't do that all the time. <laughs> Sometimes it does. I guess it depends on how heavy they get with it. Maybe they're down to the bottom of the bottle or whatever. They <laughs> yeah. That's where all the peppers are. But I wanted to make that flavor my take on it. So that's what I did. I started. I started with some butter. And then I took some mango preserves and just put it in there and kind of um, 
got it heated and melted, kind of left. I didn't I didn't strain it. I left that kind of chunkiness of a preserve, so it had some mango fruit in it. Was that mango preserve a spicy mango mango? No, preserve, no, no, it was just, just fruit. Yeah. 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 You could do that. You could substitute any kind of fruit preserve for that if you want to do apple habanero wings or strawberry habanero wings. You could do yeah. whatever you want, as long as you got some kind of sweetness from fruit. And then I did um Pretty good amount of that habanero hot sauce. I started out, uh, I was like, put two tablespoons in. It's like, oh, this ain't going to be hot enough. So I did four tablespoons of that, which is, you know, that's good. That's a quarter cup. So I did a stick of butter and a quarter cup of habanero hot sauce. And then I come back with some of my killer hogs hot sauce, just kind of give the color because it was kind of real yellowy looking. I wanted to give it like a little more. Real orange. opaque. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I added some killer hogs to it. I added a little bit of AP to it. Just melted that all up. That was all there was to it. It was super simple. But. It's kind of thin. So I think what they do, like you can buy their Buffalo Wild Wing sauces. I think yeah. they sell them some grocery stores. And they're pretty too. good mm-hmm. in yeah. a pinch. But yeah. they have a thickening agent in them. So it's almost like a cornstarch. That's what fleshy. I did. I, that's what I did. I took two, like a teaspoon of cornstarch, teaspoon and a half of cold water, whisked that up till it was all dissolved, whisked that into my, my hot wing sauce at the end, and turned the temp up. When I started seeing it boil and simmer, it starts thickening up, take it off the heat. And just stir it, and it changes the you know it, it thickens it. That's all it is. Yeah, and that's what I tossed them in, so it stuck to the wing more. And they were fire. They were, they were good. good. They were real good. If you like, they weren't like too a, hot for me. They weren't. Yeah, and the the whole thing on that recipe is at the bottom of it. You can add more habanero hot sauce. If you want to double it up, if you want to, and if you really want to kick, just douse them before you toss them. So what what I do, I like you know fry them. Takes about twelve minutes. You want them, you know, at least one sixty five. I say, but I'd like to take them up to one eighty five, one ninety. Want the bones to pop out. But I, I, so that was about a twelve minute fry. Ten minutes would have probably been a dollar, about buck sixty five. <laughs> but I put about I don't know six or seven in a bowl. Big ladle of the sauce in there. And if you want to heat them up, put the bottle of hot sauce to them right there. Toss them and then serve them up. And I made a quick blue cheese. I'll go to blue cheese dipping sauce for wings. The blue cheese is good. That's where it's at. Heck yeah. Um, I don't really like bottled blue cheese, and I think we've talked about this before, yeah. but I don't really you like, like bottled ranch either. Blue plate mayo blue <laughs> cheese with the daisy sour cream. That's all it is. And four ounces of the little crumbled is that it? private selection and a half a lemon juice squeezed in it okay. and a good tablespoon of cracked black pepper. Whip yeah. it up, let it set one hour. It's the best blue cheese dipping sauce you can make. It is. It's really good. Goes with wings so good. If you wanted to ranch it up, you could do a combo. A little blue cheese and a little ranch. Wouldn't be bad. Have you ever added blue cheese to a ranch? That's what I'm saying. You could oh, do okay. that. I don't see why not. Yeah. Ranchy blue cheese. I want to try that. It'd be good. You might not want to put the whole packet, or you could. Why not? Yeah, just make up my regular ranch That's, dip. Yeah. And let's throw in some blue cheese, see what happens. Yeah. I've got the bigger <laughs> bottle where you can just, not the packet, it's just the seasoning ranch. I don't think that be. stuff is as strong. It doesn't have as much flavor to me as the really? packet. It's not the. You think it's not the same as dip mix? Because the the packet says dip mix. Mm-hmm. That bottle is like ranch seasoning. Yes. So it's probably they just starched that up and added, you know, possibly salt, so pulled some of this. Yeah. You know. I'm I'm curious. I wonder if it's just me. Tablespoon for tablespoon, which one's more potent? Yes. To me, the packet is more. That's potent. a good out the smoke right there. Which one's ranchier? <laughs> it's seasoning or the packet? Well, what you got coming up on the schedule? We have Cajun Cornish hens for filming next Ooh, week. Dirty rice. Ooh, I didn't have that. Delicious, yeah, my schedule's getting messed up because I'm, I'm cooking. You know, I had no had to get out of town this week. 
I had a bunch of appointments I had to do early in the week. Next week, I'm coming back Sunday. I got to get back out of town Thursday, but I'm gonna, I got to film one next week. So I need to give me some Cornish hens. And that's going to be, I've done this one before. It's good. Little baby chickens with stuff with some dirty rice. <laughs> baby Man, chickens. Can't go wrong with it. And then so next good. weekend, we're going to Royal Oak. Yeah, I'm going to Roswell uh, to, over to Atlanta area to go cook uh, in Royal Oak Invitational. Guess we can talk about that, can't we? I don't know. When, you tell I me. I told not to. You weren't told not to? I don't think so. Okay. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> going to Royal Oak, cooking a, a KCBS and SCA contest. Oh, it's SEA too? Yeah. That's going to be, uh, we're getting there on a Thursday. Does each team get a steak or do multiple teammates get steaks? I think only one per okay. team. Two steaks per team. It's going to be like regular CA selection. Yeah. Got to take the PK grill, fire it up, cook steak, cook all four KCBS categories, and then we're coming back home with a the, with the trophy, hopefully. Is there a trophy? I know there's yeah. a big old check. Big old check, yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure there's giving out some kind of, it better be a crown of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> Big paper check and a crown. You want a Royal Oak crown? Yeah, why not? Wouldn't that be cool if you have a big contest like that? You need, to, you need to crown them. Maybe they'll give you a throne. If you want a crown, crown them. <laughs> I'm debating it's whether Denny I go. Green line right there. Didn't they make a throne out of like Royal Oak charcoal pellets? Like I think I've seen it on Instagram. I have seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah, they should if they didn't. <laughs> out of the bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have seen that. So maybe you will get a throne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah throwing the pellets. <laughs> but that's all. That's all I got coming up. Uh, I'm debating on whether I'm going or not. I'm on the fence. You need to go. It's gonna be fun. I know. Road trip, and then after that, we're going to a wedding in Mobile, Alabama. But, possibly the coast. Do some uh, sports betting. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said that. It was very professional. Right. Instead of saying drinking and gambling. Drinking and gambling. Drinking Can't wait. A little sports betting. Well, Malcolm, that's all I have for this week. Well, hey, um, Tyler, you got anything else? No, y'all just make sure you download the app where all of Malcolm's favorite recipes are. It's updated weekly. And also, they're also available on our website. And thank you to Humble Coffee Company for sending us. That's right. What's Definitely. going on? We didn't talk about TikTok. What's going on on TikTok? This week on TikTok, we got your Tennessee apple meal coming out. Okay. Um, that will already be out by the time this comes out. And then there will also be your sausage and cheese squares. That's a good Ooh, one. Ooh, that was a good one. Um, that That's a good Doritos that's a good casserole tailgate. was a good one, too. Cool Ranch, cool ranch casserole. Okay, if you don't, don't miss on that. Go to TikTok and get that recipe. And Y'all going to release that somewhere else? Like Probably. Recipe four. Did I write the recipe down? Uh, I'm not I yet. need to write that one out. Yeah. It'll eventually be on Instagram, but it is also on YouTube Shorts yeah. as well. That was a good one. My grandmother um, would make a Doritos casserole, but she used beef and regular like regular Doritos. Um, you use smoked chicken. pulled chicken, Cool Ranch Doritos, and like a ranch, ranch packet. packet. Yeah. It Soups. was very good. Heck yeah, it was delicious. It was good. Tell you what, that shrimp bread is a one, though. That, that was, was my, my favorite. favorite. Thing. I cooked that, that day. We, so we did multiple videos for TikTok. It doesn't take as long. Did we talk about that shrimp bread on last podcast? We, we did not, no. We'll cover that next time. Okay, I'll put that <laughs> we on We need to get in note. depth on some shrimp bread or seafood bread. It was good. It was excellent. It's all my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's got mayonnaise, cheese, bread. It doesn't have butter. Shrimp, Scrimp. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Shell, where can they find us? You already told them. If, you, <laughs> if you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ, right, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on 
Instagram and TikTok. All right. Hey, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us today, and we will check in next week. We gone.